0: Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution Podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Good to be with you. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I love this theme. And uh, like you said, we are definitely emotional people. <clears throat> and emotions are beautiful if they're healthy. And uh, I love what you're saying, and I, I want to kind of think about this thought here in Jeremiah chapter 31 that is parallel to Proverbs 15. And uh, just think that John says in Third John 2, you will prosper as your soul prospers. So when you think about laughter or expressing healthy emotions, it comes from inside of us. It's not necessarily a happenstance like happiness is, but it's from the deep well of the soul And it's so valuable to uh, cultivate these healthy emotions. Uh, And I think a lot of it has to do with what we take in. Uh, What we take in uh, voluntarily or involuntarily will eventually come out of us. So we have to really guard our eye gate, our ear gate. We have to really process our life with God. And this is why I love watching a child, the simplicity of a child, and even though their emotions are immature, they are quick to laugh, quick to wonder, quick to enjoy. And this is, uh, unfortunately, they learn to be complicated. As adults, we are exposed to so much and have learned to be complicated. But God is saying, don't lose that childlike, carefree spirit. And we see this here in Jeremiah 31, uh, with the remnant of Israel is saved. And there's some just some beautiful verses here. Um, we see in verse two, they have found grace in the wilderness and I gave them rest. I have loved them in verse three with an everlasting love. Excuse me. Um, I will bring them in verse eight from the North country and gather them. We really see the activity of God all around Israel, um, Verse 9, they shall come with weeping and with supplications, and I will lead them. And, and and here here's a good point to say is that tears are beautiful. In Psalm 126, we may sow in tears but reap in joy. So healthy emotions are those that are connecting us to truth. And so the expression in whatever capacity, if it be tears, if it be laughter, if it be silence, uh, it is something that is... Uh, reflecting uh, the deep pain, maybe the deep uh, excitement. uh, And God is saying, I will lead them. I will cause them to walk by the rivers of waters. He goes on to say here, um, you know, verse 12, therefore they shall come and sing in the height of Zion, streaming to the goodness of the Lord for wheat and new wine and oil. Uh, "...their souls shall be like a well-watered garden, and they shall sorrow no more." And when you think about sorrow, you think about what their their captivity, the, the pain, and the suffering they went through because of disobedience, God is saying, "...their souls shall be like a well-watered garden." It says that in Isaiah 27 two. "...I will water their garden moment by moment." And I think as we're in difficult days, a lot of people under a lot of different pressures, internal, external, a lot of fear, a lot of burdens that could be just um, overwhelming. God is saying, I want you to be a well-watered garden. I want you to let me take care of your vineyard in Song of Solomon 1, 7 and 8. I want you to have me care for you. And, And this is where laughter... Carefree and a light spirit comes in. This is what David said in Psalm 51:10. Create in me a clean heart and renew a carefree spirit, a steadfast spirit within me. It's like this is something that God is creating. Now, maybe we're not laughing hysterically at everything that we're facing today, and nor do we need to, but we can have a light spirit. That burden is light, which means we have two things. Uh, healthy emotions number one are without expectation in oneself okay they're without expectations in ourselves in this sense, where we don't take ourselves so seriously, we are not like uh having false standards or false burdens, and then number two, we are without self preservation. These are two beautiful ways to cultivate a carefree spirit. Uh, two beautiful ways to have our garden, our soul, to be watered, which means our, we're not taking ourselves so seriously. We're not overthinking things. Uh, we're not trying to control everything. We're not trying to control everyone. This this is a sure way to have a bitter spirit in Proverbs 15. Well, I want to focus on 31.13 of Jeremiah. It says, Then shall the virgin rejoice in a dance, and the young men and the old together, for I will turn their mourning to joy. And I I love that statement. I will comfort them and make them rejoice rather than sorrow. I will satiate the soul of the priests with abundance, and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, saith the Lord. Okay, look at Proverbs briefly here with me. Great thoughts here. So self-expectation and self-preservation, these are two enemies to the carefree spirit. So one thing we could say is, uh, we say that, uh, well, let's look at Proverbs 15. It says, um, a merry heart, in verse 13, and a cheerful countenance. And by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. So, again, we are not mechanical. We're not trying to project false, uh, false things. But what happens, we could say, is, God from deep within the watered garden there's life there's there's joy, there is peace because we've planted those plants in our garden you know if you plant a tomato plant uh, we hope nine times out of ten unless it's the wrong seed you're gonna you're gonna bear a tomato plant so it's the same principle what am I planting what am I focused on what is it that I'm revolving in my mind in my heart because my heart will control the emotions uh that it just that just simply emote. Well, notice this it says all the days of the afflicted are evil but he who is of a merry heart has a continual feast. What's he feasting on? Well, he's feasting on the known things of God. We we said this yesterday that it's so easy to focus on the unknowns like you know what's going to happen, why did this happen and you know, is this going to work out? And all these unknown things, and we just circulate and circulate, and it steals our joy. It steals our joy. It steals. We don't see the good when it comes, but instead, we focus on the known. What has God said? What has God done? What has God promised? Don't doubt in the light what God has given you in the darkness. He's given you hidden treasures in darkness, and I love that in Isaiah forty. Three, I believe it is, that in dark times there's hidden treasures. Well, one writer says this interesting statement. He says, uh, Garrison Keller says, some people think it's difficult to be a Christian and to laugh. But I think it's the other way around. God writes a lot of comedy in our lives. It's just that he has so many bad actors. (laughs) And I I look at that because, unfortunately, we're in a day of perception and we lose... We lose our perspective, and we, we're so interested in self preservation or self expectation, or our expectations are in the wrong thing or in the wrong place, and all of a sudden God is saying, "Oh, there's good all around you there's good all around you there's my goodness streaming all around you, and that is what fertilizes our garden that is what that's the miracle grow in our garden and uh um, you know one writer says he was observing people at the airport, and when people come into the airport and they see their family that they haven't seen in so long, there's this spirit of reunion, and there's so much joy, there's tears, there's laughter, there's so much of a, just an excellent appreciation of each other. And this word reunion, I think, is key also to laughter and to healthy emotions, is that we... We re- unite ourselves in Psalm eighty-six, eleven, to the fear of the Lord. We re- re- reunite ourselves to the promise. We attach ourselves to the things of God. <clears throat> and what happens? It produces joy. It produces hope. It produces in Philippians 4, 8, those nine principles uh, that God himself creates in us. So, Today, if you feel a little burdened, if you feel a little stressed, if you feel, if you can taste adversity in your life, then reunite. Come like that person in the airport and reunite with God. Because I think what happens is the devil wants us to be an island unto ourselves. He wants us to be isolated, he wants us to be hypersensitive. And then ultimately to imagine a vain thing. And all of a sudden we begin to see things that are not there. We begin to project on people things they never said. And God is saying, stop being an island. I am your bridge. I want you to be a bridge to life, a bridge to joy, a bridge to perspective, a bridge to healthy emotions. Now, granted, there are traumas in our life that, can isolate. They can uh, devalue us in our in our self image. Uh, there are so many things that can. The devil wants to isolate us and create an island because we can't trust. We can't love. We can't. Uh, we can't take a step because we were hurt the last time. God is saying, "I want you to reunite with who I am. I want you to reunite. I want to turn your mourning into joy. I want to turn." Uh, your um, your sorrow into my goodness. And this is a beautiful verse in 2 Chronicles 7, 10. Uh, it says that we are glad because he showed us his goodness. Uh, Proverbs 17, <clears throat> 22. I know I'm introducing a few thoughts here. Same principle. Let's say you have poison in the pot, like what happened in the Old Testament. Let's say something happened to you and it's poisoned the pot. Let's say there's poisoned mushrooms, and there's death in the pot. Oh, my gosh, there's death in the pot. What did they do? They added the meal. They added the right stuff. They added the thing that would cancel out the poison, and they saved the men. It's the same principle here. God wants to give us a carefree spirit, not a reckless spirit, not a spirit that's like mocking or are not in touch of reality that's what that's what ecclesiastes said solomon said it's better to enter the house of mourning than the house of feasting why because in our sorrow there is definite soberness but that soberness is meant to tether us in our joy knowing uh where we've come from and where we're going and the faithfulness of god in the process you know, maybe you're facing some difficult news today, uh, and you're not able to laugh. <clears throat> I would say this: uh, take all that news to the to the feet of Jesus today, and let Him water you. Let Him don't let don't be dried up. Don't let don't be dried up in your bones. In Proverbs seventeen twenty two, don't let the bitterness dry you out today. But laughter confuses the devil. Joy is our strength. Uh, Humor. Be around people that have a good sense of humor. It's very, very edifying. Uh, It's actually therapeutic. One writer says, when we laugh, chemical endorphins are released into the bloodstream. As laughter provides a workout for the diaphragm, they increase the body's ability to use oxygen. Laughter enhances blood flow, reduces stress, lowers blood pressure, stimulates alertness, dulls pain. Fosters a sense of relaxation, provides cardiovascular benefits such as aerobic exercises, and <laughs> laughter truly is medicine. So maybe you don't like to exercise today. you know how many people have we talked to that that hate exercise? I know you know people that don't like to sweat. well, laughter is a great alternative where we are just saying, okay, we're going to reunite and embrace the promise today and remember just like that reunite. You're reuniting with a, with a loved one. We're going to remember what they mean to us. We're going to remember what God has said. We're going to have a cheerful countenance. And, and uh, 30 verse 11 of Psalms, he'll turn our mourning into dancing, uh, dancing. So today, uh, just to kind of encourage us, uh, no matter how heavy the burden you're carrying, it's not your burden. No matter how heavy uh, the, the destructive thing that happened to you, it's not yours to carry. Give it away today. Give it over to the Lord. Have him refresh you with a carefree spirit, a light spirit, and a spirit that is healthy. And uh, healthy emotions, we were made to emote and to enjoy God and to enjoy life. Uh, Pastor Schall said this years ago. He said, we are not called to a miserable life. We might have miserable things happening to us, but it doesn't have to be a miserable life. Let's enjoy the presence of God as we surrender those heavy burdens today, and we can dance. We can do a spiritual dance um, like David dancing around the ark today. Uh, So praise the Lord today. He releases us. And gives us a spirit of joy. Just Think of like broken relationships, right? That's a big one you just said. And I think a key is stop trying so hard. Stop trying so hard to fix a broken relationship. Now that's going to sound counterproductive. It's going to be like, what are you talking about? Like, I think bee, people are drawn, bees are drawn to honey, right? Not vinegar so if i'm if I'm just focused on the trouble and what's going on, like I want to be a life giver, not a problem solver, in this sense where I want to project what's healthy, and then the right people are going to join or come near. So if there's a broken relationship, it's like we love and pray, but I think we lose our joy when we just try to change that person, and it's like they're miserable. Let them be miserable. I'm sorry to say, like, let him be, <laughs> just be, oh, I'm going to pray for you. I, I'm not going to, misery loves company. You're not going to get, I'm not going to be a guest at your table. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So maybe I should say a little more on that, but, but to say that I want to pray, be prayerful, but I want to be, I want to exhibit the nature of Christ rather than demand that they become it because they can't. But if I'm, if you and I are presenting that, then they have something, that's what Proverbs 15, 15 is all about. It becomes a feast, a continual feast. Like, we are feeding on joy. We are feeding on life. We're feeding on the spirit. And therefore, there is absolute um, contentment. And, and like we read, there's a satiation of the soul. But if if we, I don't know, I find this to be, uh, the more I try to do it, the more uh, unsuccessful I am. But just hands-off, prayerful, loving, and then projecting what that person desperately needs, and that's grace, and that's life, and that's love. Love them where they're at. Love them where they're at, and God will, just like the tomato plant, you sow love, you reap life. I think we live in our personality, our natural disposition, and it, and it sounds like it's a normal way to live, but on the contrary, whatever you plant, whatever you feed, will grow and if you're an introvert an extrovert a happy person a depressed person a melancholic person it, it's it, it I think Isaiah 27 really says it like god keeps his garden and waters it lest anyone hurt it you know i think people have gotten hurt and they they are just scarred and the trauma causes them hey i have nothing to be happy about and and or maybe if they feel guilty being happy i know i know in the ukraine when someone dies their culture is for 40 days they wear black and do no nothing joyful i mean i get it we want to identify but we are free we're god's free man and god's free woman at first corinthians seven twenty two. so I would say don't be locked into your personality, but plant and cultivate new ways of expressing healthy emotions. That doesn't mean I'm socially awkward and laughing at things that are not funny, which can happen. Like someone might be hysterically laughing at something, and you're looking at them like, are you okay? But, but I think God will show you how to be released from your own personality. Like even some cultures are exceptionally serious. I remember working with a brother over in Europe— and he was just a serious guy, and I couldn't stand it. And I had to joke with him the whole time. I said, "You know, you're provoking me," to, and we had a, we were very close. But his personality was like, "I'm like loosen up, buddy," you know. And we had a lot of joy together because our personality is beautiful, but it does we have a disposition. Our disposition's the spirit. Personality is our natural makeup, and that's beautiful. But our disposition is our carefree spirit. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.